Dude, you're supposed to sleep naked that way. Uh, no way. <laughs> of course, at like, you know, 3 a.m. Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, nerds, it's Jonathan Wheat hailing from Jessup, Georgia. And joining me, as always, is Spencer Carly. How are <laughs> you, man? I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you and not uh, rambling alone trying to figure out what to talk about for an episode. Happy <laughs> I, to have you back. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad to be back. I actually missed this. It just yeah. feels like so long since I've talked to you. Yeah. But you did a, <laughs> you did a good job. You did a good job. I don't oh, know that I could you. sit there and, well, I could probably sit there and talk to myself bullshit for an hour and you know everybody <laughs> See, be like my problem Is this over was like yet? trying <laughs> yeah i was trying to basically make my thoughts sound relatively coherent and sane not jumping all over the place constantly mm. uh, like it is in my head that's your problem but yeah <laughs> yeah just make it random yeah so how'd the move go Hi, how's it oh dude how's it going oh man i don't recommend this to anybody I mean, it's it's about 780 miles, so it was the big U-Haul truck. In the States, U-Haul is a big moving company, and you can buy, you can rent these trucks, and this was the biggest one that you could drive. So it was okay, and it's such an emotional roller coaster if anybody has moved because, you know, I'm carrying, I'm packing the house up. This is before my wife came back up, and I'm like, man, we have a whole lot of stuff. And then I'm like, okay, it isn't that bad. You know, it's all sort of piled here. But I still don't know if it's all going to fit. Then you go pick up the truck, and this thing is cavernous. I mean, it is huge, 26 feet. So I pull this thing into my driveway. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is all going to fit. No problem. So then I start putting some boxes, and I'm like, holy shit, this isn't all going to fit. And it's just up and down. <laughs> and my neighbor came across the street, and he is the master packer. Oh, my gosh. He is Tetris champ right there. So right. he's like, yeah, let's just pull this out and start over. And I'm like, okay. So we did, and <laughs> it's going great. And we are just like the garage is getting empty. Stuff in the in the driveway is emptying out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're only like a third of the full third of the truck full. You know, I joke with him and I said, you know, they should put a dotted line like halfway that says you're halfway there. You know, and then you <laughs> get halfway, and I'm like, holy crap, this all isn't going to fit. And then all of a sudden, it just <laughs> went really fast. And I am ashamed to say that we loaded that. We loaded my pickup truck and I left almost an entire garage bay full of crap in my neighbor's garage. <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> there's going to be multiple trips, you know, up and back to bring it all down here. And just to, uh, remind the listeners, the place we moved into is fully furnished with no garage and no basement because we're in Georgia. Mm. So that there just means there's no space for anything. Right. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was an experience for sure. And then the stupid truck. Oh my gosh. 77 miles an hour max, dude. Yep. Yeah. And then you hit that governor and it just stops. Yeah. Downhill, 77 miles an hour. I couldn't even <laughs> coast 80. And on Route 95, which is a huge route going north and south on the East Coast here in the U.S., like 77 miles an hour is a freaking traffic hazard because people mm -hmm. fly down that road. So that was that was probably the most frustrating part. I didn't mind driving it, maneuvering it around in this in the small towns when you know I got off ninety five wasn't a big deal, but the seventy seven miles per hour was horrid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's over. It's unpacked. I have an office. I found some office space, which is fantastic. 
so I'm set up here now and I'm rolling. Nice. Yeah, yeah. you got that office space pretty quick. Yeah, I uh, I looked around. I called a couple places in the newspaper, and I went to look at look at a couple places. But my wife has made a bunch of connections down here with the town and Rotary and the city hall and all that sort of stuff. And uh, a friend of hers is a realtor, and interestingly enough, is the owner of the inn that we just bought two owners ago. And so oh, yeah. she had extra space, extra office space in her realtor office. So I'm in the back corner of this realtor's office. And uh, just tucked away, super cheap rent, you know, because they're like, you're doing us a favor. We're just getting money for nothing, you know. So it's great. <laughs> Utilities included. Nice. The Internet seems to be fairly stable, which is even better. Yeah, definitely. And I am hyped tonight. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's episode 21. We should be drinking. We right? should, we're, yeah. We're legal now. And we're recording this at night. I know. Bonus. I wonder if there's oh, any man. beer in here. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a mini fridge. That's, yeah, definitely. That's next. So what have you been up to since I talked to you last? It's been about two weeks. Yeah, let's see. Uh, finally, after seven months of work and three months of talking about it, we released Spectrum version three a couple hours ago. So that's a complete rewrite of a React Native app. Uh, from the ground up with hundreds of tests with hundreds of tests and just more and more because they're at the point where like stable teams growing uh, more and more people are using this app we've got to really focus on that stability because we we know what that core product is that's nice to kind of like you know somewhat be done now and we can start focusing on building some new features rather than more and more tests but that's uh, great Congrats. did that yeah thank you so far so there hasn't been any it's in google reports. limbo right now right yeah, as far as I know, like it hasn't hasn't hit my phone yet for Android yet, yeah. but it is on the App Store in the U.S. and I think Canada. That's all good to go, and I'm kind of keeping an eye on the Crashlytics to make sure I didn't didn't screw anything up. So <laughs> we'll wait and see until next week to see how that all turned out. Uh, on the other side, spent I took let's see, last weekend I took my girlfriend and my dog camping for the first time or tent camping for the first time. So that was a a fun experience for me. I think it was a moderate experience for everyone else. Hmm. Um, it was it was a little chilly that night. Where where'd you go? Uh, we went to Tim's Ford State Park, which is in southern Tennessee, okay. um, just outside of like Georgia, Alabama. Okay, area. so what's chilly for you? So it, it got down into the low forties. Okay, that's good. That's chilly. Yeah, yeah. Low forties for just bringing a comforter from our mattress. Okay. Uh, we we did not bring enough to stay warm while sleeping. It was fine when we were around the fire, but at night it was it was frigid. Dude, you're supposed to sleep naked that way then. Ah, uh, no way. <laughs> of course, at like you know, three a.m. I never have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night ever. But of course, when it's forty three degrees outside and I'm in a, a foreign environment where I have to walk to a bathhouse a hundred yards away. I wake up at 3 a.m. and I have to pee like I've never had to pee before. So it was, it's been a few years since I went camping, so I forgot to not drink water mm. near bedtime. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so today's topic, I guess we never really introduced the topic, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about just kind of like learning styles of, you know, how to take up new technology and just learn stuff in general. But before that, John, do you have any, uh, mobile news or what things you like to cover this week? <laughs> That's right. Yes. 
Um, our buddies at React Native, actually, our buddies at Infinite Red have relaunched React Native Radio. So that is out. Um, if you didn't see our tweets about it, I suggest you go subscribe to that. Don't unsubscribe to us. Yeah, we'll, we'll still be here. That's right. Yeah, we'll still be here. We're not going away. But yeah, it's, it's really good. They did a really good job. There are two episodes out at this recording. Really good episodes. Real good. Sound quality is great. So go listen to that. Yeah, branding is also Oh, the branding is on point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Great job there. Yeah, a little jealous there. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if they pulled Gant in, he's sort of a marketer extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. In kind of adjacent mobile news. So DigitalOcean has released App Platform, which is um, a way for you to spin up APIs. You can throw up static sites. It's uh, really fully functional and you can do a lot of it without code. So that's kind of a neat, a neat spin to it. There's a console that mm-hmm. you can log into and do everything. Uh, there's three tiers for payment. There's a free tier and you can throw or you can host three static sites. Then for a whole $5 a month, uh, then you can get into all the API stuff and you can host Python and uh, PHP and a handful of other languages up there as well. So you can write your own services and API backends and stuff. And then they have the plan that will break the bank at a crushing $12 a month, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and that's their um, their professional or enterprise, I forget what they called it, but that's, that's their top level. And that's just everything, um, just a bunch of processing hours or build, build hours. And uh, it's really neat how they break all that down. So they're coming on board just like Google and Amazon and Heroku with allowing you to host this stuff and just make it really, really easy to do. So that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. I don't know that I would need to do that, but it sure beats trying to spin one up yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm really interested in. Because, like, I've used Heroku in the past, but Heroku's a bit pricey. And then I moved to now to run, like, just a simple express server. I use those a lot in courses and classes and tutorials and stuff. But now, which is by the company Vercel, or maybe it's just Vercel now, the actual tool... But anyways, it used to be able that you could spin up a server and it would run mm-hmm. and respond to your requests. But now it's all serverless. And serverless is great. I just don't have a lot of experience with that. And sometimes I just want something quick running. Um, so I'm hoping that DigitalOcean app platform kind of gives me a tool where I can just quickly set up an express server as a normal server versus having to do things serverless. So let's... I think it'll be pretty fun to mess around with. And like with the pricing, it's why wouldn't you try it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I guess for static sites, you know, it's free. But, you know, if you want $5, throw $5 away. And um, I mean, I say that like a rich American. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that might be a lot of money for, for somebody else. But if it's, you know, $5, you might be able to be to play with some API stuff. And um, that might be, make a nice React Native School tutorial series. On how to yeah, spin up some yeah, APIs for your it. app and stuff. Right. Uh, real quick, in epic news, I don't want to drag this out, but uh, they have a court date, May 3rd, 2020, right now. 2021, right? Right. Yeah, sorry, 2021. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, May 3rd, 2021. And uh, there's a link in the show notes if you want to go read the document. I found that. And, uh, um, you know, in case you care, just I just I just have to mention that now. You know, that's just like a thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. But anyway. Very cool. Yeah. So on to the topic, man. Yeah. What's the best way to learn, Spencer? Well, the single most best way to learn is to figure it out yourself and do whatever works for you. <laughs> that's right. I think that's. I thought you were totally going to say right. React Native School. 
<laughs> no. So our working title for this is like the best way to learn mobile development. And I, when I came up with that, I was just like, I just wanted a clickbaity title. But the reality <laughs> is like, you know, learning is such a personal thing. Like I've got a lot of issues with education systems in general, being that it's just very, you know, mass education. So much of it is just like figuring out what works for you and maybe not like, you know, following someone's curriculum to the T. And like that's coming from someone who does a lot of online education. You know, take my way of presenting things with a grain of salt. I try to provide information outside of the the way I like to learn, which is the way courses are structured. But it's really, it's, it's such an individual thing. And like if, you know, a Udemy class isn't working for you or some instructor isn't working for you, it, it's not you. It's just figuring out what is that learning style. Right. Yeah, every, everybody is different. I taught a class a year or so ago, and it was really interesting because the students all learned differently. I tried not to lecture. I would try to do interactive and, th- you know, toss things up on the screen, try to keep it visual, try to keep, you know, visual and text examples, you know, try to hit all the spectrum. And it was interesting seeing the feedback. People are like, oh, I really loved when you did this and you pulled up examples and you ripped apart apps you know, in front of class and, you know, we all sort of chimed in and how to improve them. And um, another person was like, yeah, I really didn't like that at all. And everybody's unique. Mm-hmm. But in terms of technology, something I think is that's pretty universal for learning. And I think it's like starting with the docs and using the docs as like kind of that home base reference whenever you're learning something or trying to figure something out. I always like I've always got the docs for React Native and React Navigation open because uh, I'm constantly using them. And like that's, it's a great tool to learn from. And it, it links out to the closest things I find where I need to solve the problem. So maybe it's a GitHub issue or just their GitHub in general where I can find issues or maybe it's a, you know, a Discord or whatever it may be. So docs are the, the core of it, not only when you're working on it, because obviously as you're working on it, you're going to need to reference that as you're using different APIs I can't remember the entire API of React Native, so I need to constantly reference it. But also just as you're learning it, if you have those docs open, that's kind of the tool you reach for first. One, it makes that recall later on of where things are much faster later on. But you just kind of figure out the way things are structured, why they're structured, and how they kind of work together. Yeah, and that goes with saying if the docs are well written. Mm -hmm. And even if they are, it's still a skill. It's if if you've never done it before, sometimes it's hard to understand sort of the mindset behind how they're laid out, the mindset with how they're broken down and linked back and forth and things. I mean, React Native docs are amazing. They're really, really good. They're some of the best that I've seen, but it, it is a skill, too. And, you know, depending on what you're doing, it might take a little while to grok sort of the docs yeah that's a great point it's it's similar to debugging like reading docs is a, a critical skill debugging is a critical skill but they're kind of things that they're hard to teach and it's just kind of like trial and error and you just kind of have to suffer through it to get started uh to figure those out initially yeah because i've used some bad docs before i mean i've written <laughs> yeah. some bad docs so i mean <laughs> you know I'm, I'm guilty of writing some bad stuff yeah yeah, and I mean, that, it, it takes, you know, a certain skill set to write those good docs. And, you know, fortunately in React Native, a lot of people in the community who dedicate that time to docs do a super good job mm-hmm. with it. And are those, 
open source pull requestable. Like if you have changes yeah. and updates, yeah, that's what I thought. So, and that helps mm -hmm. too, because then you have hundreds or thousands of eyes on it. The internet will find your bugs. They'll find your typos. Oh, yeah. They'll re find your fra incorrect phrases. And uh, if you give them the power to fix them, they'll fix them. Definitely. Yeah. And like if, yeah, if you find a problem in documentation, it's a great, great way to learn, like rephrasing that those documentation or explaining that if you can explain it, especially if you can explain it to, you know, a five-year-old, if you can do that, especially, you know, technology or chemistry or something like that, if you can break that subject down or that topic down to the point where like, you know, a five-year-old could understand generally what you're saying, that's a great demonstration that you understand a topic. And that's kind of the way I've taken learning technology in general is like, as I'm trying to learn something, I don't write uh, documentation, but I do kind of like write blog posts or record videos about it. I teach those things that I'm actively learning. And that helps me kind of build connections because as my mind is jumping around, as I'm talking through something, I kind of just, I relate things to those different topics that I already know about. And that just helps solidify that knowledge uh, that I'm trying to keep at that moment. That's a really good point, especially if you're fluent in another language. And sometimes mm -hmm. that, that actually is a hindrance because you, I come from the PHP community and, you know, there's, there's times when I'm like, well, in PHP, it would be like this, you know, and in my company that I work at now, um, there are three developers and they're building Angular. And I look at that, I'm like, what the hell are you guys writing? Like, <laughs> why is this, why does this look like this? Because then I look at React code and I'm like, this is so simple. This is so straightforward. Like, what what are you guys doing? So um, you might end up trying to compare languages to each other and that ends up, you know, becoming problematic because you think something should work a specific way when it might not in, in the language right. that you're using. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's such an interesting thing. Because like, so from my perspective, I don't have a ton of experience outside of react native or definitely not outside of javascript so a lot of things are relatively related but yeah that's a, a good point that it, it can be tough so like for example whenever i have to write objective c sometimes i'm just like why do i have to jump through all of these hoops <laughs> yes. like in in javascript it's just like it, it just works right and that's yeah. one of the great things about like not having to type anything or all that stuff and then i mean i do a lot of python for my day job and sometimes that interacts and there's some javascript and if you've ever used python there's no semicolons at the end of the lines and everything mm. is indented you know it's all indentation is sort of the block markers so many times i'll either leave a semicolon off in an important line in javascript where it's actually required because sometimes you don't need to do that but or i'll throw right. one into python and it has a freaking cow and because of the linter that I have, like the whole thing just lights up. And, you know, so switching back and forth in languages can be kind of tough. Um, and then especially when you're staring at it, and you're like, what am I doing wrong? And the linter isn't helping you. And you go look at the docs and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good times. Oh, yeah. Always. It's always the little things that are the most infuriating. Yeah. Um, and we're never happy when we fix them, right? Like you struggle with something right. for an hour and you finally get it to work. You should be ecstatic that it's working. But we're always so pissed off that we just wasted an hour <laughs> on some stupid issue. Let's see. What other things? Um, 
I know yeah, this is a funny thing to say, being that you know I, I make a decent portion of my income by teaching and creating tutorials, but watching a tutorial on how to do something is just, it's not enough to learn that, especially if you're coding along. Now there's, there's value to it and just kind of like understanding some of the mechanics, but I found when you're just coding along with a tutorial, you don't necessarily have to go through the, the thought process on why something is being done in the way it is. So to counteract that, what I like to do is maybe I'll do that tutorial, but then I want to take that and kind of build my own app, slightly different, maybe even the same app, but take those and do something on my own to really try and figure out, you know, why was this line put here? Why did I have to do this import? All these different kinds of things. Because when I get to building my actual app, that is the thing that I want to learn this technology for, obviously there's not going to be any tutorial I can follow that handholds me through building that entire thing. You've got to do that critical thinking to figure out and just watching and following along with the tutorial. Unfortunately, it can't teach that critical thinking. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And um, there was there was one point in my life, I think I actually had a tweet about this where I said, you know, if if you're coding along with a tutorial, you're not learning, you're just writing the app for the instructor. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically they're telling you everything to do. And so my biggest gripe, I worked at a university, a college, which is now a university for 17 years. And um, some of the computer science students in their senior year had zero critical thinking abilities. They didn't mm -hmm. know what to do if you said, build me a, a web form that does this, this, and this, and saves to a database. And they don't know where to start because somebody isn't hand-holding them. So these toy projects, I call them goldfish projects because you're not attached to them. You can just flush them when you're done. <laughs> you know, you just create these things, you know, take whatever you've learned and pivot it a little bit. And who knows, you might come up with a really cool idea that's based off of that initial tutorial and it could be an actual app for you or, you know, a project or a side, you know, a side hustle for you. Or if it's really cool, you could potentially spin it back and send it back to the instructor. Maybe they'll mention, you mention it and, you know, you'll sort of get some notoriety for it. So it's, yeah. it's really good to, to take those little bits, no matter what you're doing, React Native, Python, Ruby, whatever, Angular, um, you know, what, whatever it is. I just say that because I don't know it. Definitely, you got to play. You got to play. You yeah. know, if you have a side hustle, if you have side projects going, uh, that's always, for me, that's always the best way to learn. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, to, to play off of that, you know, over the last five years of working on React Native, you know, I've generated a lot of these little uh, goldfish projects. And, you know, even stuff that's three years old, I still find myself, going back to those repos knowing you know i did something like that at some point and fortunately because they're such small projects you know I'll, most of the time it's just one file like i can just jump in figure out what the hell i was doing and just copy and paste that code into my current project so it's not only a good learning tool but also even though i didn't know it at the time i'm writing the code for myself in however many months or years down the line so i don't have to figure it out again yeah, I've always had side projects and side hustles trying to make money as a developer on the side. And countless times 
I would be at work thinking, oh yeah, I just did this. I can use that code or vice versa. Oh yeah, I just did this yesterday during my job and now I can add it to my side project because I figured out how to do this. Usually when you do that and you add it, then, I mean, obviously it's sticking in your brain, but sometimes you'll tweak it a little bit and make it even better. And then you take those changes and mm -hmm. roll them back to the original Goldfish project or actual project you're using the code in. And it just iterates and gets better and better and cleaner and cleaner. And you can, you know, you grow through that stuff. So it's a really, Absolutely. really, really good. If you have the time, some people just don't have the time, you know, after their day job to do this sort of stuff. But if you do, it will really, really help. Guaranteed. It, that, that probably doesn't matter what kind of learner you are. Um, you know, if, if you do these projects you should be able to pick stuff up pretty quickly and something this is this is an issue that i had to like un unlearn after you know 13 years 14 years of school but just because you don't know something or you get stuck on something it doesn't mean you're never going to figure that out this is it's an issue so many of my friends have had have and i i see among a bunch of people it's just like it's not bad to get stuck, especially when learning technology, especially if you're teaching it to yourself, like getting stuck is a good point. It's not like, a, you know, an end of that learning track, like, oh, I need to go and do something else. Like, that's just the start of you trying to, like, create those new connections in your mind to figure out how to solve those problems. Because guarantee when you get stuck on one thing in technology, once you're guaranteed to get stuck on that same thing or you're guaranteed to hit that again in the future. And if you spend the time now kind of figuring out how to get unstuck, you've got that knowledge. And, you know, whenever I'm really, really stuck on a problem and I finally figure it out, that it sticks at that point. So if you run into an issue in a tutorial that is, you know, out of date or is using some old technology or, you know, an API has changed, like, unfortunately has happened in a lot of my tutorials and classes, like, APIs change, you know, I wouldn't throw that tutorial away, especially if it's mine, because, you know, there's a lot of great stuff there, but, <laughs> of course. um, you know, go look at, look at the documentation for that and try to figure out, okay, uh, how do I fix this? How do I do this in the new API? And then, you know, if you're reading a tutorial, maybe post a comment or, you know, send a pull request on how to fix that. Cause I try to keep things up to date, but it's hard to. If you're working in JavaScript, you know the APIs are just always changing. Yeah, and it's such a roller coaster, just like packing and moving, where you're going full mm -hmm. tilt, things are working, everything is great, and then you hit a wall, and it's you're like, I'm never going to learn this. This is terrible. Right. You know? And what you really need to you need to do, and I've had to do this. Um, like I said, PHP used to be my life, and there's um, a framework called Laravel. And anytime I would hit a wall, I just have to sit back and be like, okay, this is just PHP. Like they have helper methods. They have wrappers around stuff. I don't have to use Laravel to do this. I could just write it in PHP mm. to get it to work. But then that always sort of helps me out. And it was the same with React Native. I was like, this is just JavaScript. Okay, it was ES6. So it was a different kind of JavaScript than I was really used to. And I had to go learn that. But for the most part, when the rubber hits the road, it's just JavaScript. And, you know, you just need to, once, once you sort of frame it like that, um, it sort of feels easier. And also if you sit back and you think, okay, somebody else knows how to do this. 
So it is learnable. Like I can, somebody has figured this out and that sort of gets me over the hump as well because it's just like a confidence boost. It's like, okay, well, if somebody else can figure this out, I can probably figure this out too. And it's just a mm -hmm. mental game, I think, when you get stuck and perseverance and stick to and all those other funny little terms. Right, yeah. I just, I can't talk about how important it is just to have those little little side projects to just tinker around with how valuable they can be. Because, um, like, you've got no emotional attachment to it. Right. If it's an hour of time, it's like, you know, I don't care about this code in particular. Just it's And it, it's nice to throw code away. Like, I find, you know, I, I, I haven't quite figured out what's the difference between a junior developer and a senior developer. But I'm leaning more and more towards a junior developer, someone who enjoys writing code, and a senior developer, someone who enjoys deleting code. <laughs> and, yeah, getting to the point of deleting code and doing those side projects it's just accelerating the speed at which you get to a, a senior developer role. Yeah, nice, nice. So I'm all about saturation. If I need to learn something, um, I will go absolutely overboard. I'll find tutorials. I will buy courses. I will buy eBooks. I will watch videos. I will just go follow like everybody on Twitter and find a community and try to read, you know, join that community. It's usually a forum or a Slack group or something like that and just immerse myself. So everything around me is whatever I'm learning. And I've heard that's the best way to learn a language is, you know, to go to where they speak that language, immerse yourself. So you have another, no other choice, but to learn it. And so that's sort of my approach to something new. So for example, if we want to talk about angular again, if, if I had to learn that, then I would, I would do that. I would just immerse myself and do nothing but Angular until I figured it out. And eventually I'll learn it. Eventually it'll click and eventually I'll be proficient. Um, the community involvement, I can't stress enough. Even if you just lurk, if you can get into a Slack group and just read, if you can get into a discuss forum or you know whatever it is and just read questions and answers and comments even GitHub issues, that's really not a community, but there's a lot of back and forth going there and a lot of links off to things explaining, mm -hmm. you know, different nuances and, and whatever of the language or of a bug or of a feature request, that sort of thing. And the pivotal moment is when you read a question and you're like, I can answer that. And I can't tell yeah. you that feeling. Like, okay, I just got goosebumps. I don't know if it's just cold in here, if this place is haunted or if that was just really <laughs> emotional. But like when that happens that first time, you're like, shit, I'm here. I've arrived. You know, it might be mm -hmm. somebody brand new, but you've gone through that problem. Maybe you did a goldfish project and you know exactly how to fix this issue. Maybe you hit that bug a half hour ago and you plunged through it and fixed it. And now you can help somebody else. And as soon as you start helping somebody, your mind changes and you're like, I got this. I can do this. And then the next time you get stuck, it's not so bad. And mm -hmm. you know, it just it just gets easier and easier and easier. And I am far from proficient. I mean, y'all have heard me talk on this podcast. I don't know a whole lot about React Native stuff. Like I've built my app, I know how that works. I've researched some topics for the shows, but I am not an expert in this at all. Um but like the communities are amazing. And the React Native community is amazing. Everybody is just crazy friendly and helpful mm -hmm. it's not a normal reddit dumpster fire you know <laughs> where where you post something and it'll like 
RTFM a hole, you know, whatever. Um, you don't have to be like, oh yeah, well it's this and this, and and here's a link to the docs if you want to read more about it. You know, they're super friendly. Um, yeah, and you know, eventually you'll get to the point where you know you can jump into an open source project. Maybe you're using it. Maybe it's a package or something you're using, and you can go read that code and read down through it. You'll you'll be proficient enough to be able to read that type of stuff and understand how that package works. And if you have a feature enhancement, issue a pull request and contribute back. And that's the other pivotal moment. The first is when you can help somebody. And then the next is when you actually contribute back to a package. That is an endorphin boost like no other, especially when the PR oh, is accepted. Yeah. And then you, ha yep. then you have code in something that is running on other people's stuff. That is pretty cool. Very, very it, cool. Yeah, Hasn't happened that, to me a lot, but thing. it's happened to me a few times and it's pretty cool. For sure. Yeah, that unfortunately that kind of that that high starts to go away over time. But it yeah, like that first pull yeah. request that gets merged. Oh man, it is it, it's just it's awesome. Like, you know, there's there's that level literally of validation when someone approves that pull request and accepts those changes. Yeah, it's it's just awesome. It's almost like when Apple splashes holy water on your app and it gets released to the app store. You're like, yeah, yes, right. Yes. They think I'm okay. They think they know. They think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, something that's actually really cool about the React Native community is a lot of the larger repos, which, you know, totally understandably, they're intimidating to get started with. But um, I think React Native does this. React, Navi React Navigation does this. But they have a tag on their issues of good first issue or good first task. And those are good places to kind of you know, once you're ready to start contributing, look for those tags, look for those issues and answer it or, you know, figure out how to do that or contribute, to, even just contributing to the discussion on how to do that is also a really valuable uh, learning experience. And um, it is Hacktoberfest. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, look that up if you don't know what that is, but pretty much it's um, open season on PRs. Everybody is throwing up those good first issues in their repos, and uh, they count towards, I don't know, what do you get, a badge or something? Do you know? I think DigitalOcean is giving a shirt away. Yeah, so there you go. There's some swag and you know notoriety. It's, it's just kind of cool that all the developers are coming together, and the seasoned developers are tagging things as, as good beginner PRs for people that want to start out. And, um, you know, it might be writing a paragraph in the docs it could be rephrasing docs or you know it might be a little more code intense uh, but you can look for those tags yeah oh another good one if you're someone outside of the u.s i guess i can't speak for you john but i am thoroughly 100 percent, no question about it one language it's all i can speak all i can write and somewhat read but if you are a multilingual person Translating docs is really valuable. One, because it's already there. And two, you know, you're getting to help people who speak that other language. So contributing there and adding translations or improving and refining translations is also a good, uh, good thing to do. I mean, something I've been doing tonight, working on a, a hazmat class I'm working through for uh, firefighting, is just, you know, rewriting some notes that I've highlighted throughout the book, just writing that down and that that simple process of writing it down or, you know, for me, as I'm writing, I miss a lot of letters going back, having to add those letters back in. It's like, you know, just making those little 
little associations like, ah, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't spell that word this time. What were those words around it? And then just, I don't know how my head works, but somehow things eventually stick in there. <laughs> that That is a good point though, with the translations, because, you know, I know that's, that is definitely a need out there too. Good suggestion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I speak English yeah, um, so. and I'm learning Southern, so I'll be bilingual pretty soon. <laughs> So there's an interesting book, and I first heard about this from Kent C. Dodds. It's called Make It Stick, and it's a it's a it's a dense academic style book. And by that I mean the words are very small. There's a lot of words on each page, but also it's very research intensive. And this book goes into just a lot of studies on what makes learning work. So It's been a while since I learned this, so if you read it recently, I might be saying things wrong. But uh, basically, the way a lot of learning happens is memorization. And memorization isn't really learning, right? You can say something, but you may not necessarily know why you're saying that or what it means to say that. I know I was like that in calculus a lot. Like I would know the equation, but I wouldn't necessarily know which equation to use in which instance. So it kind of talks about those, those things and kind of difference between memorizing and truly understanding a topic Um, and something I found really interesting was just the the process of learning so they kind of walk through this process of you encode or take in the information right like kind of watching a tutorial and at that point it's in your short-term memory so you know back in high school or whatever in a calculus class or a math class when the teacher was presenting it it'd be like oh yeah this makes sense I'm gonna have no issues figuring it out but then when you go home, do your homework three days later, whatever it may be, you're like, this this is nothing like what I learned. I don't know how to approach this. That's kind of that difference between short-term memory and then long-term. And uh, between that kind of encoding information and retrieving the information, kind of the, the really interesting part was this consolidation phase or taking what you've learned and relating that to what you already know. So maybe taking a calculus topic and relating that to a linear algebra topic or whatever it may be, or, you know, React Native and relating that back to just traditional JavaScript and making these different pathways in your mind. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And they go through a bunch of different ways that you can actually do that. And I'm trying to implement those in my React Native content as I'm creating it. So I just did a workshop. I've tried to implement that a little bit in there, but a lot of it is just kind of a, a process of here's the problem. Go ahead, try and figure out this problem and use whatever resources you need, but don't look at the solution yet. Just try to do it on your own, right? And you want to break things down into small enough where like that's actually relatively attainable, still hard, but still somewhat attainable. And then once you've gone ahead and tried this, gotten stuck, kind of gotten that frustration, figure out a way to do it or get close, then go on look at that solution. And then when you see the solution, and I put in air quotes, the right way to do it, because there's no one right way to do it when you're writing software, but you're going to see the code the instructor wrote. And then you're going to relate that, relate that back to the code you wrote. And that, that process, it just makes things stick. You kind of see two different ways to approach the problem. You see the pros of uh, the instructor's way, the pros of your way, and the cons of each. And it's just a, it's just making your brain work a lot harder. It's uh, much more intentional learning, but it's actually learning. And I found 
things just really, really stick when following this process. Um, so I, I neglected to mention that I started doing this workshop that Spencer put together because I wanted to see it. He's been talking about it. He's put a lot of work into it. This is amazing, y'all. You need to go watch this. It's a YouTube video, and it's about, what, two hours, hour and change? I forget. Yeah, just, just yeah. under two. And it's really good. It's structured. You know, we, he talked about it before when he was building it, and it didn't click in my head. And when I was watching it, it's structured really great. You pull down the repo. You have this really cool app that renders, and it's rendering the stubs of all of the examples. And as you do them, you mark them complete in the app that you're building. So when you're done, you have all of your completed code. Everything is checked off as done and you just work through it. And it's, it's so cool. I mean, it's like freaking brilliant, man. And it's, <laughs> what I really liked about it was you have a markdown file for each exercise. You pull that up with the instructions and it's a, you, you basically give everybody an outline of what the exercise is. You give them, um, oh man, I forget what the sections are. So background information, do you give them tips or something? Yeah, background, I give like some helpful links and then just, you know, what the challenge is and descriptive enough way um, and then you you can also render the actual final version that you want to yeah, work Yeah, and then towards. a couple of them have bonus, you know, if you did that really easily, then make it do this. Mm -hmm. It is really, really slick. It's a really great idea. And I I mean, that has to be, and I'm not just saying this because you're the co-host, you know, and I like your stuff, but I mean, it's got to be one of the better things I've ever seen to learn a language just because you're building in the app that is also teaching you how to build. I don't know. It's cool, guys. Just go watch it. I'm done gushing. <laughs> it's it's great. It's really, really great. Unfortunately, I didn't get all the way through it, but I got to um, state and hooks, which I think is probably like the fourth or fifth exercise in there. Yeah, something like that. I forget. Something was going on. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't dedicate my full attention to this, and I really, really want to understand state and hooks because it's something that I haven't really done a whole lot of reading on. So I was like, okay, I don't want to even give this a part of my attention. I want nothing else going on so I can focus on this. Really like that method. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so that is the method I followed in that. It's pretty close to what they talk about and make it stick. And I put this in the repo, but it's very much based off of one of Kensi Dodd's React training courses and that kind of you know self-consuming app yes, that you're that's building. that's a good way to put it. You know, this actually relates back to discussion we were having earlier of getting involved in a community. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be involved in egghead.io where I put together a course years ago, but I still have access to the Slack and like seeing the discussions of different tech educators and figuring out how they do things, um, having some access to internal egghead learning things. It's been really interesting in just like learning how to be a better educator because that's kind of, you know, my primary area of growth I'm interested in right now. So, you know, getting involved and just... I don't contribute jack to egghead uh, in terms of the discussions, but you know, just being there, I've been able to take so much and kind of take notes and also read some of these different discussions to, to learn how to hopefully make better, better classes and courses. Very cool. So there's a link in the description for make it stick. If, if you're interested in reading it, um, it's, it's dense. It's it's hard to read. I can only read a few pages at a time, but there's a lot of really, really good information. Yeah, I'm there. actually going to add a link um, because I looked at it and then I found kensydodds.com 
um, how I teach article. And he actually talks mm. about all of this with a link to, um, I guess, probably a trailer about Make It Stick and stuff. So I'll throw that in as well. It looks really good. I'll give this a read. I've never gone through any of his workshops, but yeah, he's he's, he's really, really good at teaching. He's got a interesting philosophy towards it. Um, and also he's got a lot of really good React training uh, and especially testing stuff. I took his JavaScript testing course probably a couple of years ago, and that was kind of the thing that one of the things that helped it click for me. Cool. Well, that's all I've got. John, anything else? No, I think I'm done uh, with my energetic rants. <laughs> yeah, anything we discussed, uh, make it stick, DigitalOcean app platform. We've got links to down below. You can hit us up on Twitter, at rnnerds. And John, what's our email? The nerds at reactnativenerds.com. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on episode 21. It's nice to have John back settled down in the South. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all in the next episode. Hey, Thanks see you listening. guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.